Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Praise the Lord, Pastor Staten. Praise the Lord, all the saints in the Maryland, D.C. area. God bless you. Amen. We know that our God is a great God. And we expect him to do mighty and powerful things in the lives of his people, especially as we're living now in the end time. We clearly see that we're coming to the close of the age uh, with all that's gone on in 2020. 2020 has already been one for the history books. Uh, it's a year that's been pivotal, changing lives everywhere. And I just want to encourage Maryland, D.C., want to encourage Pastor Staten and that wonderful church that God Almighty is getting ready to turn things around in your favor. What the devil meant for evil, our God is able to turn around for good. And God is going to share something with you that will bring transformation not only to yourself, but to everyone that you touch in the areas that you minister, on your job, in your schools. Amen. God wants us to be light in the midst of the darkness and so I have a word for you this morning. It's a word that I shared with our congregation uh, this past Sunday. And it's relative to what's going on right now. Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And I talked about the Pentecostal message. But it was uniquely tailored for this season and for this time. And I want to talk to the saints in Maryland, D.C. Amen. From this same subject today, the breath of God. The breath of God. If I had to subtitle it. It would be simply this, the need to breathe, the need to breathe. I want to read from Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And then over in the book of John, John chapter 20, reading from verse 21, it said, Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. He breathed on them, and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, certainly a familiar portion of Scripture for every apostolic Pentecostal, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want you to take note in Acts chapter 2 that there were Jews that were on pilgrimage there to Jerusalem from every nation, and even proselytes. These are people who were non-Jews who became Jewish that were there for the Feast of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out. And all of them heard the various languages that were a result of the Spirit giving utterance. I want to talk about this breath of God today. 
Because in Genesis chapter 2, in the text that I read, the Bible said God breathed into the nostrils of Adam the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. The Hebrew term there for breath, when it says God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, is ruach. Ruach. The term ruach hakodesh means the Holy Spirit. Ruach is a Hebrew term that denotes wind, it denotes breath, and it denotes spirit. Wind, breath, and spirit are all called by this same word, ruach. And then, in the New Testament, where you see he breathed on his disciples, that word pneuma is the same word breath, and it's also wind, and it's also spirit. Pneuma, from where we get the term pneumonia, meaning really you can't catch your breath. And so, this word that God gave today really is a result of the things that have been happening in 2020. I want you to consider 2020, that since the beginning of the year, we have been dealing with this pandemic, COVID-19, caused by the coronavirus. The coronavirus, such a tragic virus that has affected the whole world. We've never seen the entire world go on lockdown. This is an unprecedented time where we're seeing the entire world go into quarantine. Economies brought to a grinding halt work changing, schools being shut, and kids having to be homeschooled, the chaos uh, that has come to the world because of this pandemic. And some of you probably know people that have been affected by COVID-19. I don't care what your political affiliation is or what your background is or how you view this virus. Some think it's man-made. Some think it was exported by China. Some have different theories, and you folks in the Maryland, D.C. area, many of you are in government, uh, so I'm sure you've heard every conspiracy theory in the book. I don't really know where the virus came from. One thing I do know is that God, amen, is using this to get the glory, and i tell you how, amen, because the devil thought he could destroy us with coronavirus, but instead it is forcing us to pray more. It is forcing real Christians to stand up uh, and stand for something because in this season, if you have a shallow relationship with God, you're not going to make it. In this season, you have to know God for yourself. In this season, you can't just sing that I'm a one God apostolic. You've got to show enough be apostolic Pentecostal. Amen. In the secret of your home. Because when nobody's looking, your Netflix better be pure flicks. When no one is looking, your prayer life better be strong. When no one is looking, you better have a relationship with God that is deeper. Amen. Than just connecting with other people. I want you to understand that we are seeing unprecedented things in this pandemic. And that coronavirus, amen, has really exposed a lot of things. But I feel that we're going to come out of this situation as pure gold. I want to encourage somebody who's been worried, who's been stressed out and frustrated with the current condition. Amen. That when you come out on the other side of this trial, you're coming out with a fresh anointing. You're coming out with the power of Almighty. God. You're coming out with a word from God that is going to transform your atmosphere. You're coming out, amen, to walk in victory and authority and dominion. That coronavirus is of the 
devil. But God Almighty is going to destroy the power of the devil. And what the devil meant for evil, God is turning it around for good. This is why I want the saints of God to give him the glory in this hour. I need you to get like David and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I've got to learn to praise him when things are going good or when everything is on quarantine. I've got to praise him when I'm in the church house and praise him when I'm in my house. I've got to praise him when I'm in a crowd and I've got to learn to give him the glory when I'm all by myself and there's nobody around me. He is still worthy because you're not praising God for your neighbor. You're praising God because of who he is. You're praising him because of what he's done in your life. You're praising him because of where he brought you from. And nobody knows like you know what God has done for you. No one can tell it. You've got to tell it. No one can testify for you. You're the one that overcomes by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. And in the midst of a pandemic, you still got to have a shout. In the midst of a pandemic and in the midst of historic government overreach, where the government is regulating churches to the point where they don't want folks to gather together. Amen. You still have to lift your hands. You still have to shout for joy. You still have to sing his praise. You still have to give him the glory. You still have to magnify him. You still have to have a praise on your lips. You still have to have a shout in your mouth because God's been too good to you for you to keep your mouth shut. And if your neighbors think you're crazy, well, you might as well just prove them right because some of them think you're crazy anyway they see you go to church they see you always giving God the praise you might as well shout a little louder everybody else is shouting in your neighborhood you need to go ahead and shout shout the name of Jesus glorify the king of kings and magnify him because he is worthy to be praised now listen this coronavirus this is something that has taken us amen completely off guard no one expected no one expected that 2020 would be like it is right now. But it's interesting that the coronavirus, amen, causes you to lose your breath. The coronavirus brings you to a point, if you contract it, that you're going to be worried about your breathing. Double pneumonia a lot of times accompanies this virus. Many people that have gone into the hospital with the coronavirus, amen, they die because of the pneumonia and the complications, if they have comorbidities, understand, amen, that, that they have to be put on ventilators. And, and many times, amen, that is just a sad situation. Matter of fact, we have lost giants. We have lost powerful men and women of God in the United Pentecostal Church because of this virus. I'm so grateful, amen, that they have the Holy Ghost, that they were baptized in Jesus' name, and they went to their eternal reward. Because there's nothing like knowing that whether you live or die, you belong to God Almighty. I'm going to say that again. There's nothing like knowing that whether you live or die, you belong to God Almighty. In fact, the Apostle Paul said he had a desire to depart and be with Christ, which was far better. He said, nevertheless, 
to, to stay in the flesh is more needful for you. So Paul actually wanted to go. Amen. But he said it was better for him to stick around for a little while for the saints' sake. When you are walking with God, you can know that your name is written in the book of life and the fear of death has to be removed from your life because he that believes in Jesus, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so we know that we have confidence that the world does not have. But Corona steals breath. Corona cuts off your breathing capacity. Corona affects the lungs. It tries to block oxygen from diffusing across your alveoli in your lungs. It tries to block oxygen from getting to the vital parts of your body, the cells of your body. Understand, amen, that Corona uh, is designed to stop your breathing. And then, if the coronavirus wasn't enough, D.C., can you hear me? Maryland, can you hear me? If the coronavirus wasn't enough, we have the awful tragedy of George Floyd's death. And we see a, a young man or a man being killed, if you will, by a police officer. Now the interesting thing is, uh, we've got so many different perspectives on this. And this issue is not one that we should politicize as the church. We can't come down on the side of politics on this. Because I'm not uh, focusing so much on the police brutality that took place there today. I'm focused rather on the last words of the man. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Uh, if he died from asphyxiation, well, uh, we understand. But, but the words are what's making an impact on me right now. I can't breathe. Because the words then have been taken by society. And they are being used in the protests that are happening across the United States of America. And not only America has crossed the pond and gone over to the UK, gone to New Zealand, gone to Paris. All over the world, eyes are glued on the United States to see our response to the riots that are taking place in the streets. Right there where y'all live. The riots have taken a violent turn from time to time. Going all the way to the White House, Secret Service agents... Uh, that have been hurt in these riots. And what is it about? The need to breathe. The man said, I can't breathe. Now, uh, we have to condemn looting. We have to condemn destruction. We have to condemn senseless acts of violence. We have to condemn uh, the fact that that man was killed in the way he was. But I think even greater than that, we have to hear the cry of the hour. I can't breathe. You can't breathe is what this young man was saying. We can't breathe if we get COVID-19. Can I tell you that the world collectively can't breathe? The issue here is that they have lost, listen, the breath of God. What we're dealing with in society is that sin, when it came into the garden, after God had breathed into the nostrils of Adam the breath of life so that man could become a living nefesh, a living soul. What happened when sin came into the garden? There was a cutting that took place where the relationship between man and God was cut off. 
And can I tell you while man physically retained the ability to breathe oxygen, he lost the Ruach HaKodesh. He lost the Holy Spirit of God. Sin separates us from God. The problem in society is not racism, is not classism, it's not poverty, it's not any of the social ills that you can think about. The real issue is sin. Racism is a sin. Are you hearing me? Poverty is a result of sin. Disease like COVID-19 can only affect us because humanity is in sin. The devil gets the advantage over us and steals our breath because of sin. He blocks us from breathing because he has the right to do so due to the sin that is in our life. We're dealing with a sin problem that's taking our breath. We have a need to breathe and we can't breathe. Can I just tell somebody who's watching me now in the DC, Maryland area, amen, that if you can't breathe uh, and you're hearing this word today, I'm coming with good news for you. I'm coming with hope for you. The gospel of Jesus Christ provides hope because Jesus died on a cross just to give you back the ability to breathe. What you lost in the garden is regained in Jesus Christ. The breath that was lost because of sin, you can get that breath back. You can breathe again. You can breathe again. Can I tell you firstly then, amen, this Ruach HaKodesh, this Ruach or wind or breath of God is God's way of animating that which is lifeless. If you have no life in you, the breath of God will bring life to that which is inanimate. Ezekiel stepped out into a valley of dry bones, the Bible said, and behold, the bones were very dry. And God asked him a question, can these dry bones live? Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. And God said, prophesy to the bones. As Ezekiel began to prophesy to the bones, the bones came back together. And the Bible said they came back together so perfectly they formed a beautiful army. But guess what? The army was lifeless and it was dead lying on the ground. Can I tell you then that God did not end that lesson there, but God said to him, now, son of man, I want you to prophesy to the wind. Here goes that word again, Ruach. I want you to prophesy to the wind. When Ezekiel prophesied to the wind, he said, you will hear the word of the Lord. The wind of God began to blow through that valley. And the Bible said the dead rose to life. The inanimate became animated. That which was not alive began to stand up on its feet. I'm preaching to Washington, D.C. I'm preaching to Maryland. I'm preaching by extension to our entire nation. That you dry bones hear the word of the Lord. And you wind, I'm prophesying to you to blow again, amen, on humanity. To blow again on North America. To blow again on these precious United States. And when the wind of God blows in your assembly. When the wind of God blows in Maryland, D.C. When the wind of God blows in North America. America, everything that was dead got to come back to life.
God said in Joel, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Can I tell you, amen, that God Almighty is going to cause his spirit to fall on you. God Almighty is going to cause the Ruach to blow again in our cities, to blow again in the streets, in the city of New York, in L.A., in Miami, in Tampa Bay, amen, in D.C., in Atlanta. The wind of God is getting ready to blow. I know it looks like the devil has control and free reign right now, but I'm telling you, it is a precursor. Listen to the greatest resuscitation, the greatest revival. I'm using the word resuscitation because, amen, what we need is a mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation to take place in the Holy Ghost. When God put his face on the face of Adam and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, that's how Adam came to life. I don't know about you, but I want God to put his face on my face. One prophet, when he was bringing back a young boy to life, he put his hands on his hands, feet on his feet, mouth on his mouth. I want God, amen, to place his presence directly on me. Is there anybody there right now listening to me that would just lift your hand and say, God, breathe in me, breathe on me, and breathe through me again. Ask God to put his face directly on your face and breathe on you in the Maryland area. Breathe on you in the District of Columbia. Breathe on us in North America. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Staten. I know you're preaching the gospel there. Amen. I know your precious wife, Sister Staten, is praying and preaching with you. And can I tell you, I want you all to prophesy to that atmosphere. Brother Staten, when you speak the word, something is going to shake. Something is going to move. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. As I'm speaking prophetically to you now, Pastor. Amen. As I'm speaking prophetically to you now, Sister Staten. As I'm speaking prophetically to you now, down there in the Maryland, D.C. area, that God Almighty wants to do a work in you. God Almighty, amen, wants you to prophesy to the wind because there needs to be the breath of God that flows into that city, flows into that region. And when you begin to preach the word, God is going to back it up, listen, with miracles, with signs and wonders. Something is about to happen in the Holy Ghost. Healing is about to take place. Deliverance is about to take place. Salvation is about to take place. Breakthrough is about to take place. You're about to see revival on an unprecedented scale in Maryland. You're about to see revival, hallelujah, like never before. Can I tell you that God wants to resuscitate. God wants to revive. God wants to raise back to life. God wants to deliver from the hand of the devil. And I rebuke the enemy now that's tried to hold Maryland in bondage. Maryland is about to see revival, about to see harvest, and about to see increase. And I need somebody that has a little bit of faith to lift your hand and receive it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, I want you to know today, amen, that it is Jesus who is breathing directly on your church. My God, the Bible says in John that Jesus breathed on his disciples. And here were his words, receive ye the Holy Ghost. The breath of God is the Holy Ghost that comes directly from God himself. 
This is a scripture that proves the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. I said it proves the deity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when he breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, Jesus was showing you that his mouth was the mouth of God. God Almighty himself, the same mouth that was on the face of Adam, is the same mouth that Jesus Christ used when he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. When he breathed, he was telling you, I'm come again. Just like I did in the garden, I'm come back again to breathe into your nostrils the breath of life. The same God that made Adam from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. Jesus proved in that very moment that he was that same God manifest in the flesh. We're dealing with Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah, the bright and the morning star, the lily of the valley, the fierce of 10,000, the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God. Make no mistake, Jesus Christ is the one spoken about in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Not two separate gods, but the Word of God in time, and the Word of God in eternity. And the Bible says in verse 14 that the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth when paul speaks of jesus he says beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy through vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of this world and not after christ for in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily colossians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 so if in him dwells all the fullness of the godhead bodily you can understand why jesus was able to breathe and as he breathed out all he was breathing out was god when Jesus breathed out the Ruach, he was breathing God out because that's who he was. He, when he breathes out, he's just breathing out himself. Hallelujah. First Timothy lets us know in chapter 3, verse 16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Jesus Christ in John chapter 14 lets them know, amen, that he was the very Father. Because when they asked him, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, he said, have I been so long with you, and yet you don't know me, he that hath seen me has seen the father everything that god is is jesus jesus is god almighty manifested in the flesh so when jesus breathes on you it's the breath of god himself that's why he was able to breathe and say to them receive ye the holy spirit which leads me to my third point in acts chapter 2 the bible said they were in one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of our listen rushing mighty wind here we go i told you that the same word for spirit and wind is breath amen it's the same word being used interchangeably what was going on in acts chapter 2 i tell you it was just God breathing again. It was God Almighty 
breathing again just like he did hallelujah with Adam Jesus was showing us that he was about to blow on us and when the breath of God came in Acts chapter 2 the Bible said they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance why because when a baby breathes in he breathes out with a sound that's why when you get the Holy Ghost you're not gonna get the Holy Ghost with your mouth shut when you get the Holy Ghost the sign is gonna come through your mouth and you're gonna begin to speak in another tongue as the Spirit of God gives the utterance why because there has to be a sound that accompanies the exhale when you inhale God you exhale tongues when you inhale God you exhale praise when you inhale God you exhale prophecy when you inhale God you exhale worship when you inhale God you exhale power when you inhale God you exhale victory and dominion can I tell you we need God to breathe in us we need God Almighty to do mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation in our life Glory to God in Acts chapter 2 when the power of the Holy Ghost hit. It didn't care what language you spoke. It transcended language. Babel was removed. Amen was reversed. Amen. The confusion of language in Babel was reversed on the day of Pentecost when God Almighty got everybody in a different tongue but praising the same God. Unity came about through the Spirit, through the breath of God. Can I tell you, I don't care what color you are today. Amen. George Floyd said, I can't breathe. But can I tell you, I can't breathe is not just a black thing. It's a white thing. It's a Spanish thing. It crosses cultures. It's an Asian thing. It doesn't matter what your background is, you can't breathe. You can't breathe unless God is in your life. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what context I put you in. It doesn't matter what country you came from. You can't breathe. We can't breathe. America, we can't breathe. We need the breath of God. If God doesn't breathe in us, there'll never be ra racial reconciliation. But when God begins to breathe in us, we'll begin to love our brother and our sister. When God begins to breathe in us, amen, Martin Luther King's dream can come to pass. Amen, we're a black man and a white man or black kids can play together with white kids and there is no sense of distinction based on color but we'll judge people by the content of their character well how are you gonna get content of character if you don't have content of breath you need the breath of God in you so your character can be changed oh when you get the Holy Ghost the character of God becomes your character the fruit of the Spirit begins to be brought to bear in your life Something is transformed in the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you think, the way you live. When the breath of God begins to move in you and on you and through you, it makes you transcend your background, transcend your socioeconomic status, transcend your pedigree, transcend your educational level. Because it's not based on your color, your background, or your money. It's based on the fact that you now have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And when God sees you, He doesn't see black doesn't see white, doesn't see brown, doesn't see English or Spanish, doesn't see rich or poor. You know what he sees? He sees red. He sees the blood of the lamb that covers you from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. And if we're all under the blood, we can breathe. I need to breathe. I don't know about you, but I feel for George Floyd and the fact that he couldn't breathe in his final minutes here on the earth. And I feel like he was a sign for all of mankind. 
George Floyd was a sign, listen, for all of mankind. All of us got the devil on our neck trying to choke us to death. Sin trying to choke us to death and all of us can't breathe. But can I tell you there is a God who is able to take the devil off of us, who's able to take sin out of us, who's able to transform us inside. He can breathe on us, breathe in us, breathe through us, and when he breathes through us, we can stand tall and say hallelujah. Thank God I'm free at last. We're going to be free at last when the breath of God comes in us. We're going to find real freedom because here's what it says. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You can't find true liberty without the power of the Holy Ghost. Maryland, can you hear me? D.C. area, can you hear me? Nation of America, can you hear me? Amen. We've got to breathe the breath of God. When the breath of God comes on the inside, amen, it'll transform our country forever. Lift your hands. Father, we love you. We thank you today that you poured out your spirit on all mankind. You fulfilled the promise of Joel in the book of Acts. You promised you'd pour out your spirit. And Lord God Almighty, I'm praying today for somebody that is watching this recording. Lord God, that they will receive your spirit. Jesus, you died on the cross for us. You shed your blood for us so that we could have access to eternal life, so that we could breathe again, so that we could have access to the breath of God, so that we could be animated by the breath that comes from heaven. Lord Jesus Christ, breathe on us. Breathe in us. Breathe through us. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptize America with the Holy Ghost. Lord God Almighty, breathe on us, Lord Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Lord God, we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, somebody ought to say amen. Breathe again. God bless you. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.